the one thing that I always felt like I was pretty good at, which I'm just one of them sleazy salesmen, is I feel <laughs> I could sell a job pretty good. So I, I've never had a problem with selling my my services to somebody. That sounded terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Hey guys, welcome back to No Experience Required. I am your host, Stephen with a PH, along with our host... Chase with a CH. Yeah. And uh, we're joined today by our special co-guest host, Mitchell Buchanan. Mitchell, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself? That's Mitchell with a double L. Double L. That is, you spelled it incorrectly on the text, I noticed. You did? He did, yeah. How did you not even notice? I noticed. I know. I was too worked up about this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> You got a last name introduction too. Oh, I did. You did. He just said your last name before. It's <coughs> so shell shocked. Oh, you know what's happening right now. Sweating right now. Yeah, you're a little flushed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So who are you? I'm your brother-in-law. That's true. It's it's sounding a little bad. We're like only have family members. We're only on. having family on. <laughs> oh, I'm the most interesting man in the world. You are actually. You think? Yeah, yeah, you're pretty. Why do you think I've tried so hard to like force my way into your life? Mm-hmm. You, you did try pretty hard. I did. You're just always there. Me yeah. too. That's <laughs> well, true. He kind of doesn't have a choice with you. You know, your family, <laughs> brother in law. Yeah. I like to think that I actually, he likes hanging out with me, but I'm still not sure on it yet. I mean, we got him here. We got him this far. <sighs> that was another forcing thing. I don't know if he actually wanted to be here. You're my brother in law. <laughs> So, we he, he's actually married to Caitlin, who we've had on a couple times now. We have. You yeah, are twice, husband. huh? Yeah. She yeah. came on. I mean, people might not be listening to these in order, but she came on and we talked about masculinity and femininity. And she had a lot to say about it. And we got a little bit of, uh, you know. I do want to ask you what you thought about that in a little bit. But right now, <laughs> what do you do? What's your background? Who are you for work? Anything you want to say about yourself? Um... Six foot two. <laughs> Are you really? Dark hair. Quite a few grays now. Anywho, um, yeah, I'm your brother-in-law. <laughs> it's like the only <laughs> thing that matters. That's his only credential to be on this. I'm related to. I pay him to be my brother-in-law. <laughs> well, maybe we can uh. set him up a little bit. So today's episode is, is talking about, you know, professions and things along that line. Um, this was actually a topic you wanted to talk about, Mitchell, uh, which is trades versus college and we will delve into that at some point but we thought maybe opening it up we can just ask you a little bit about what you currently do and kind of what led you to that yeah um so born into a family of trades um what did um, your family do oh lots of stuff uh it was restaurants at first and then uh my dad got tired of the restaurant business and when he first moved to flagstaff he was a painter briefly and he went back to the guy that he worked for as a painter and just started painting and eventually turned into doing more and more and more to buying him out to having a very successful painting contractor business and uh, that was the only job I really ever had before I decided to move on to something different. So and you worked for your dad? <laughs> I did work for my dad. Gotcha. Yes. Okay. Uh, and then how long has it been? Uh, May. Yeah. This month has been seven years. Just crazy, seven years that I bought a uh, 
go to business for now. Guy goes to our church, and he was about to close up shop because nobody was interested in his business until I came along, and it's been awesome, actually. Yes. Love it. So you've been yeah. running your own business for the past seven years. Yeah. Yeah, wouldn't change it. Yeah? Yeah, it's the best. Is it going pretty good? I feel it's going pretty good. It's got its stresses, its ups and downs, but uh, that's part of running a business. It's a challenge. That's yeah. why, why I like it. It's nice. always something new. So, Yeah. yeah. That's a that's a big deal, especially <clears throat> compared to two people who just work for large companies like myself yeah. and Steven. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of large companies. <laughs> um, I thought maybe we can give just a tad bit of our background as well, Chase, um, since we are talking about kind of our professions and what led us to it a little bit. And I know we've mentioned it before as well, but again, if people aren't listening in order, I think it's pretty specific to this episode. So maybe... You kind of want to talk about a little bit about what you're doing? Yeah. Uh, so I started out working in the trades, working for my dad too, uh, doing some construction, stuff like that. Um, I moved into a little bit of everything as a teenager. and Sweeping, yeah, trash. That was uh, mostly <laughs> of what I did, yeah. I think I got to like hang, nail in hangers every once in a while, and that was about it. With your dad, though, you got to be really good at sweeping. I did, yeah. yeah. My dad's a, a little bit of a knee freak, and I never understood why he demanded it be the construction site be swept clean every day. But, I mean, I got good at sweeping, which also was helpful in the military. So, True. Um, I did some, um, worked in restaurants for a little bit, did some pizza, some barista stuff. Uh, I coached gymnastics for a while, and then I went into the military, which was my introduction to IT. And um, getting out of the military, uh, I was planning on going into healthcare, and then uh, I was going to have a baby. So I was like, well, I can't just go to school for the next four years, and decided to use the skill set that I'd gained in the military to get a job in the public sector. And I've been working at Microsoft for the past ooh, six years now. Yeah, six years now. And been doing. Um, Started out as a consultant, which is helping customers build things that they want to use for Microsoft, and then did technical documentation for a little bit, and now I'm a product manager. Moving on up, man. I don't know you're if just, that's the case, but I'm moving CEO. around. Yeah, CEO within the next year or two. No, I'm just like moving laterally everywhere, never moving up. Oh, I'm yeah. glad you found that, because you've had a lot of jobs. I've <laughs> Even within Microsoft, <laughs> I've had a lot of jobs. Yeah. I've changed, I mean, yeah. I've changed jobs, so I've worked in one, two, three, four, and five jobs in oh, Microsoft. Completely in six oh, years. In Microsoft. Yeah, in six years. Wow. And it's all been upward. See, that's what's cool about Microsoft, though. That is cool. Yeah. There are some benefits to working in a large company. Yeah. Yeah. To move, stay in the same company and change it up. Yeah, but we'll talk about some of those downsides, too, and I think some of the benefits of uh, running your own company. Yeah. So, Stephen, what about you? Mine's not as interesting. <laughs> uh, got out of high school, moved to Flagstaff for New Mexico. My first my first job was actually at 14 years old as a dishwasher from a Mexican restaurant, of course. <laughs> uh, that only lasted about half a year, and then I had to focus on... I was homeschooled at the time, and then I went into public high school, and so I kind of had to quit that job and focus mm-hmm. on school for a little bit. Uh, once I moved to Flagstaff and I turned 18, my, my first job was working for the uh, fast food chain Five Guys, and I worked there for a bit. Hmm. Um, then I went on to work for a company that does urine testing, um, testing for drugs in people's systems. So I got to handle a lot of urine samples, 
and that was not the funnest job. <laughs> so I only lasted about three months there. I quit after about three months. And then I was a loop tech working at a Honda dealership in town. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, after that, I, I ended up getting into this uh, pretty great company called WL Gore. Uh, they manufacture various things, um, clothing, guitar strings, parts for NASA. Guitar strings? Guitar strings. Really? Yeah. yeah. And uh, But their biggest division is the medical division. So I got into their entry level, did manufacturing of medical devices for three years, and then I got into quality control. So I did destructive testing of medical devices. And now for about a year, I've been in an imaging technical specialist role where I get to do image analysis of CT scans from doctors around the world. Just, yeah, figuring out what, what kind of medical device they the patients might need. So. See, your guys' jobs make it sound like you're so smart, though. It really does. No. Mm. Yeah. Did I mention that's entry what, level? Just, that's yeah. what we rely on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we sound smart. Just don't ask me to explain it. Yeah. Yeah, yours, yeah. That's because we're doing good in, in our... Yeah, there, in that's the real question. Are you actually good at your jobs? <laughs> of course you Mitchell's, Mitchell's business is growing. I know. So he's actually good at his job. Yeah. Us, on the other hand, I'm not sure about that. It's growing because I'm lazy, actually, so... You know what Bill Gates said about lazy people? No, I don't. What did he say? He said he'd always hire the lazy person because they'll find the most efficient way to do things. That is the truth. (laughs) And I have taken full advantage of that. (laughs) You know it's hard work running your own business. Uh, There's moments, but um, I also have a lot of freedoms and benefits that I feel. I mean, I'm not going to take that away, yeah. Pros and cons. Yeah. Yeah. It's got a lot of stress to it, so not when the homeowner's complaining about a problem with your guy or he talked back to her or was rude and disrespectful it doesn't go on him i get the calls of the problems and i want to go and sweet talk and smooth it over and all that good stuff but yeah Hmm. i think there's a few more stressors and difficulties than that at times yeah but there's a lot of i look at a lot more of the good things of it too so Uh, but but the hard thing is it's like those are the parts that's the challenge of it which i like too like the moment I don't like those things, but when you figure out the problem and you smooth it over and you make the customer happy at the end of the day, it feels good. So yeah, yeah, that's understandable. Yeah, I wish I was my own, you know, business owner, my own boss. You can be. I know we're gonna get into that. <laughs> oh yeah. No. <laughs> no, now we definitely yeah, are. Yeah, we are. <laughs> Tell I, us. You know that I do. I did photography for. A little bit on the side, and it's something I never took off with, and I, mm. I could have definitely know, could have been. But could is past tense. I still think you can. Talent yeah, I just don't want there. to. I'm done with the, at least with the wedding industry for now. So, it had nothing to do with the business part of it. Maybe it did. A little bit. Part of it was. I think I'm not a salesman, um, and you know you have to sell yourself, right? And you have to really sell your work and your product and. Um, at some point it speaks for itself and, you know, advertisement and word of mouth and all those kinds of things make it easier. But yeah, there's just a whole dynamic to that, that I kind of burnt out on quickly. Mm. Do you have that same problem? Do you find it hard to advertise yourself or have you, have you run into that problem in your own business? So that's actually, when I first started my business, you feel like you have to do, well, I didn't have a choice. You don't have the money to hire different people. So I did all of it. Every, you know, you're the, your secretary, the bookkeeper, the, you know, inventory manager, the 
install or all parts of it. You have to wear all the caps. And then you realize to grow in things that uh, there's certain things that you're not as very good at. And so uh, that's what I've really been trying to do is if I'm not good at it, get somebody else that is to help me. And um, the one thing that I always felt like I was pretty good at, which I'm just one of them sleazy salesmen, is I feel like <laughs> I could sell a job pretty good. So I, I've never had a problem with selling my my services to somebody. That sounded terrible. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to go with a different adjective I'm than not sleazy. editing that out also. <laughs> you said too horrible. That's going to be the, that's gonna be the intro clip. It's like, I'm a good sleazy. Who, that who, is who, great. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, so I'm going to be a little bit more transparent than Mitchell will be on himself. Mitchell's trying to uh, sell himself a little bit short. Mitchell is not a sleazy salesman. He just knows that his product is good. I know the business owner who did that and took pride in his work. And he transferred that on to Mitchell. And another reason why... Um, he felt comfortable selling his business to Mitchell and the name along with it was because Mitchell took the quality and the pride in his work seriously. And, uh, so <clears throat> when Mitchell says sleazy, he really is selling himself short. Mitchell knows that his work is good. He takes it seriously and does take the quality and, um, happiness of his customer seriously. Chase, I take back all those mean brother-in-law comments until tomorrow. What a good, exactly. <laughs> it was so eloquent and deep and, right. you know, I would think he like typed it into chat DBT and be like, how do, how should I describe my brother-in-law's business? Minimize. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there was too much, you know, human emotion in there that it, it couldn't happen. So. Oh, what a guy, what a guy. Um, d- yeah, I, I don't know about all that, but, uh, <laughs> so where do you think that skill comes from though? Do you think it comes from kind of coming from a family of tradespeople and just working for your dad for so long? And- uh, definitely. I would definitely say my dad had a major, part of that um he, my dad's a well it's funny you guys know how i am in certain a- environments i'm not a talker at all mm-hmm. completely the opposite but when, then when it comes to talking to a customer and it's not even about selling a job but i will say that it's like i'm one of the weird ones that think gutters are cool so <laughs> when i'm selling what what i'm doing it's like i'm not lying to them i'm just telling them how it is and i guess they see your interest in it and but uh yeah my, my dad is where majority of i would say all of it comes from on uh, um, i don't think i could have started my business without learning a lot of these different things from my from yeah. my dad so. i think that's huge about you saying that they can tell that you take interest in what you're trying to sell and i think that comes from believing in the product that you're trying to yeah. deliver and, and and i'm sure that comes through right i think they see that you're actually passionate about what you're talking about and you know what you're talking about and that probably makes a huge difference as opposed to trying to sell something you don't really believe in. Yeah. You can always tell the difference to somebody when they're trying to sell you something, when they're truly passionate about their product and they actually stand behind it saying like, this is a, a great product or somebody that's just trying to sell you the, sell you something right. that they, a lot of times I don't know what they're talking about. So, um, I do, uh, I, I do like what I do and talk about it more. And it's just been the last year or so that I haven't been the one doing it, which has been, and some things are hard transition because you have to find a balance of not being extremely picky and hard on your employees because they're never as good as you, not <laughs> like in a boasting way, <laughs> but it's like, no matter what they do, it's like, I could make that look better and cleaner, but <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to, homeowner's not going to notice. We're still giving them a good product. I'm just going to let it slide, which yeah. can't do too much, but you no, know, for sure. And that goes the, to the separation of the delegation portion of what you do is that you realize that. Um, for business to grow, you have to outsource some of 
the things, um, like you were saying, a bookkeeper or <clears throat> which I hate. accountant. Yeah, I mean, what's your, you know, for it to grow, you have to have people that you trust to be able to do the things that you don't have time for so you can continue to grow the business. Yeah, and some people can't, I don't know what, what road we're going down here on talking about this whole business thing we'll have to swing back around <laughs> no it's okay any road this leads us down we're okay with that um, ultimately yep. yeah and some people can't do that and i'm having to learn there's certain things that it's not a challenge but there's certain personalities that that are controlling and hmm. they they can't handle that they can't do that and not saying that in certain environments that that doesn't work but i feel for a business to really grow um you have to do that um Otherwise, you kind of hit a plateau and kind of stay in that spot. So, yeah, and there's um, <clears throat> and not to dog on him, my dad is a, a prime example of that, who is very much cannot let go of the control of what he's doing, and he has to do it himself to make sure. Now, that does turn out great product, and it <clears throat> um, it's great customer service and all that. However, he's run into a ceiling of where he's at, and you know, it's um, always been a challenge for him in that way. And we had conversations, I remember a couple of years ago when you were trying to decide whether you wanted to continue to grow with the business or you wanted to still just continue at where you're at because you'd, you'd reached your cap on what you could really do every year. Mm-hmm. And it was a hard decision for you. We talked about it months, you know, across the months of whether you wanted to take that next step and start hiring people or you just wanted to continue where you're at and be, you know, let it, let it go in the way that it was. Yeah, and there's not right or wrong on that. Yeah. It's just how you want to run your business. Like your dad, he gives a great product. He has a great reputation. People want to hire your dad, but he's also getting to an age where his body's breaking down and it's getting harder and harder for him to to do these things. And if he doesn't have things set up, when he's done, his business is done. When he can't do it anymore, business is, is, is over. So, um, yeah, unless you have somebody else in line to help. Right, yeah. Chase, you better step up. Oh, he's got my brother for that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Michael, yeah. you better step up. <laughs> uh, he is. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Don't worry, my dad doesn't listen to these. You'll be okay. You can say what you really feel. Like, oh, I could really... No, you know how I feel, <laughs> feel about your dad. A lot of respect for him. Yeah, and... Um, both, both my dads in my life are the two hardest workers I know, but in completely different ways. Yeah. Yeah, your dad's so. an extremely hard worker, but he's also understood yeah. the reality of a business to grow and what you want out of a business. Yeah, he's Still. a great businessman. I mean, he's yeah. obviously had a lot of success in his business. Yeah, and uh, so a little bit of context to that: your dad is a very, very large painter who started out with small crews and doing normal homes, but is now doing both um, just homes, but also commercial work, and has a, a very successful business here in town. Yeah, yeah, he does. And uh, some people don't, uh, I always say that my, my dad's working constantly. Like, it's like, like I said, your dad's working constantly, but in different ways. My dad's not out there swinging the hammer, but I mean, he's got a pile of paperwork and is on the phone constantly. Uh, we go on vacations and he's got his briefcase out and he's making calls and putting out fires. So it's like, I will never take away um, how much my dad works. Like he never really has time off. Yeah. And so then there's your dad, who's extremely hard worker the other way, where it's like physical backbreaking work, both extremely hard workers, but in completely different ways. Yeah. So, Agreed. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so to add the other side of this conversation, we've talked about trades. Well, we we, we all kind of do, and we're not necessarily in trades. Um, <clears throat> but the original concept of this also included education. So do you want to give a little bit of background around education? And we'll we'll talk about kind of where we come from and so our, we have the context around of uh, where we're coming from here. Sure. Uh, well, <laughs> I never went to college. I always joke that. I almost went to college. I almost took a guitar class. I was way. I still don't know if that guy. counts as going to college. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, were these personal <laughs> lessons in somebody's home? <laughs> I think it was at the community college. I mean, okay, all right. Um, to be honest, it hardly even ever crossed my mind to go to college. Hmm. Not out of I didn't think I wanted to go to college. I didn't really know what I wanted to to do. I kind of did, I guess. But I, to be honest, I was lazy. <laughs> I didn't want to go to college because, like, that sounds like a lot of work. So you decided to do manual labor. <laughs> yeah, which makes a lot of sense, huh? I didn't want to have to go through uh, high school. I was lazy. Um, I got by on grades just enough to get by, but I never pushed to get good grades. You're to... a dummy. <laughs> I was perfect. I got what I was. <laughs> um, so it didn't even cross my mind, not, not like I was against college at that time in my life was why I didn't do it, but it was strictly just out of being lazy, not taking the steps to do it. Mm. And so I did just go straight into the trades. Um, so yeah, I graduated high school and that was that. Mm. Mm. Stephen, what about you? Or did you have a question for him? I didn't want to interrupt either. No, I mean, so when you say it like never crossed your mind then, so it really was something that you just, you kind of knew you weren't going to do any further education after high school other than those possible guitar lessons? <laughs> like, yeah. was there something that interested you, I guess, is, is my real question, that would have, I guess, determined whether you go to college or not? Yeah, I actually, it's only the Lord watching over. I actually really wanted to be a cop. I hmm. always thought I was going to be a cop. That's right. Um, and so to, you know, to move up and... Excuse me, the we're police. a politically correct podcast. It's a police officer. <laughs> Did you just throw up the... the no, I did not. Don't, that's why I did it silently, because I did not want to get political with this. Oh, we, won't, we won't go the political route of it. But yeah, I did want to be a, a cop. And uh, it just... I actually... Chase, you know a lot of this. I don't know if you do, Stephen. I actually went through um, all the requirements and everything for Border Patrol. Mm-hmm. And uh, I passed everything. And I was actually about to get shipped off to the academy. And... Uh, um, there's just this young girl that I was like, I can't move this girl to the middle of the desert. And, and I don't know what overcame me. I literally just called them and said, Nope, I can't well, do it. And just I gave backed you out. 150 bucks and you did not take her. You, d- you did not keep up your end of the deal. What was the end of the deal? Take her. Only you were supposed to oh, take I her should've, and I leave. I should have had that a lot. <laughs> oh, just you were kidding. about to be shipped off to eventually <laughs> ship me off. <laughs> <laughs> to give you the boot. To give you the boot. Okay, so you, you definitely had like some kind of you 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 envisioned some sort of some sort of career pathway. Yeah, and but none of those. I, I you don't have to have any type of degree to do that. Right. Um, I know when you get higher up in those ranks, you do, but I didn't at that point, and I was fine with that. But uh, that didn't happen in any way. So you never really saw utility in a degree in a college degree, right? And that's why it never drew you. Besides, you say laziness, but. There was also never a reason that you saw you needed to go that direction. Yeah, I, there was no job that I felt like I, a career that interested me that I felt like I needed to go to college for. Mm. And, I, and it, it, 
know we'll get into this. It's like it's not that I was necessarily against college, but it's just like what with what I want to do, why do I need it? Why do mm, I want to go yeah. through all that work for I don't need it? <laughs> right. So yeah, and uh, it's definitely changed my thoughts on it now. Um, like I said, not 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 against, I'm still not against it. I just feel you could be extremely successful without it. Spoilers. Should have said that, huh? <laughs> Stephen, what about you? What's your background? Um, well, I dropped out of school in the third grade. And no, I'm kidding. Third grade? Wow. I was gonna say I was like, I, I learned something know. new about Stephen every no. time we get on here. No, not at all. What you just um, do? Just came home from school and I just, just told your parents school, like, I'm done. I kind of actually, I'm I kind done. of did Re- do that. <laughs> Recess isn't That's long a enough. Bite right there. <laughs> the recesses are too short. I'm done with this. It was math. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to like drop out just because of math. No, I. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I finished up high school, and I, I honestly always thought that I was going to go to college. Mm. Uh, I always, you know, none of my family went to college. Um, I would have been the first, which ultimately I didn't end up going to college. But, yeah, I, I got out of high school, and, and throughout high school, I, I I thought I always wanted to do something either within, like, speech pathology or psychology. Mm. Um, but then I got into media, like, very heavily while I was in high school. So I thought, well, maybe I should go to college for something in media, either like mass communications, journalism, because uh, I did photography and videography in high school. And uh, so I was living in New Mexico. I, I got accepted into Northern Arizona University here in Flagstaff. Really? Yeah. And then I noticed that the out-of-state tuition was literally mm. more than double what yeah. in-state tuition was. So I said, all right, if I wait a year, they'll consider me a resident and I'll be able to apply and have in-state tuition. So I waited for a year. That's when I started working. And at that point, I, you know, Work, when I'm working where at that time, uh, at that time, it was five guys. At, at, nice. Yeah, just, yeah, fast food, just, you know, chain restaurant. And uh, by that point, my interest in photography had grown a lot. And uh, I moved here, and I got to meet a lot of people who did photography pretty successfully. Um, Sarah, obviously, we knew did photography. And then your wife, Caitlin, was also starting to do photography at the time. So I made friends who were within that realm and kind of really pushed me and encouraged me to kind of go for it. And ultimately, the photography thing really took off. And so I worked, and I was able to focus on kind of growing the photography business on the side, which ultimately ended up being more focused on the wedding side of things so I started shooting weddings and it was going very very well and then I got into this other job uh, for this medical device company and uh, just started working there you know I, I never thought of going back to college at that point I was doing photography I was pretty happy in it and then I kind of got to a point where I got burnt out on the photography thing as well and but now I'm happy where I'm at right I was able to kind of grow um, climb that ladder a little bit and yeah so I don't know I think now that I'm older I I wouldn't I wouldn't be opposed to going back to college just to further my education mm-hmm. in specific things. I think I'd probably appreciate what college can offer now that I'm older as opposed to when I was young. I probably just would have wasted my time back then. When you say go back to college, would it be go back to college to just take to some college. classes or to like go and get a degree? Uh, I would probably I think there's a big difference. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Um, it depends. I mean, right now, the line of work that I'm in, I would have to go to school for like radiology or at least the certification, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which wouldn't be a full four years at this point. But I think there's potential for furthering that even a little bit. So I don't know. I think there's options and 
I wouldn't be opposed to it. Hmm. Yeah. So you had uh, some interest in going to college even before, you know, through high school and you thought you were going to go to college. Mitchell, you really didn't have a whole lot of interest in going to college. Was there, why were you interested in going to college? Was it um, just how you were raised or how you were educated or um, you knew what you wanted to do? I know you said you had some things you wanted to go into, but um, yeah, what was, I'm curious about why the separation of where the interest was and versus it wasn't. I think one of the biggest differences probably was in our upbringing. So, I mean, my dad never had higher education. He dropped out of school very young. And, you know, I kind of saw him struggle to keep, you know, the family afloat. And so he went from job to job to job. And so they really instilled it in me to just kind of focus on getting kind of a higher education, right, to make a better life for myself. So that was instilled in me from mm. pretty young. And then on top of that, seeing them kind of struggle. So I, I assumed that it's just something that I wanted to do. And then because I was interested in either psychology or speech pathology, you know, I, I thought, well, I can do this, right? Like I want to do this. I want to mm-hmm. get a degree in something and, and make something of myself with a degree. And, uh, and so, yeah, it was never, I mean, all through high school, I, I always assumed I was going to go to college. I never not wanted to go. And mm-hmm. so I think that's probably where the mm-hmm. biggest difference was, was, was that. So that's where it's, it's, you said you'd never had anybody that went to college at all in your life. I actually never did, did either. I don't, I can't think of anybody in my immediate or in my aunts and uncles that actually went through all the way through college, mm. but I never looked at it. Like I saw my, but definitely when I was younger, my family, my parents went through financial struggles. Definitely remember those times, but I also never thought of it. I saw when they, I had lots of aunts and uncles who were extremely successful that never went to college. So I looked at it differently when it comes to that too. You were looked at it as you came from a home where they felt going to college would, would help you in that realm. Not saying that it wouldn't, right? but I was around and they didn't, nobody necessarily told me not to go to college. You could be successful without it. But what I saw was different. Nobody that went to college and still a lot of my family members led successful lives. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. did your parents ever try and push you towards college at all? No, no, never, never. Mm. So, yes. And your parents, you said your parents did push you that direction and saw it as a path to a better life. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they were pretty, there was a lot of pressure there to, to make the family proud. I mean, (laughs) none of my siblings, right. I'm the youngest of four siblings and none of them went to college Mm. either. So a part of me kind of wanted to just be the first, right? I wanted to be like, well, one of us can do it, right? <laughs> and and I think my 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 view on college was obviously a little bit different back then. Not having, I guess, a great example of success without a degree, and so yeah. But obviously, that's that's changed a little bit. So, so I I think you've read this, Chase. Rich Dad, Poor Dad, mm-hmm. by Robert. How do you pronounce his last name? K- Kiyosaki. Yeah, something, something like that. Um. So he he have have you ever read that book? I've never read it. Oh, it's, it's a good book. Um. One of the only books I've read in my life. <laughs> that's 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 really actually All close to true, and, and it's it's very true. And it's uh, it was recently, um, but uh, he he was he he had two examples of his life: his real dad, which in the book he kind of labels poor dad, and a, another dad who's actually his best friend's dad, who was his rich dad. That we, who, who he labels the rich dad, and he's go, all the whole book is comparisons of poor dad, and not. not 
I don't want to make it sound like this, but poor dad was came from a home that constantly pushed to go to college, go to college, get a degree, mm. do what you want to do, go to college, get a degree. Mm. And rich dad wasn't at all. He mm. said, learn a trade, learn it well, mm. be an expert in your trade, and you know, be, not right. necessarily business, but right. there's so much more you can do that. When you have that mindset, this is just me personally. When you have that mindset of a college degree, I feel like sometimes that could tie you down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of like, this is what I have to do. Yeah. And then you're in this job, no matter what it is. So we're getting, I'm getting way ahead of myself here. Huh? <laughs> no. No, you're good. good. Go ahead. Good. Tell so, me pretty much. <laughs> so you're in this job where you feel like because you got the degree in this job, that's your job. You're stuck in that job. That job caps out and that's your life. Like there, there you are. And for some people, that's okay. Um, but for some, uh, not that it does all. I mean, there's lots of people who are major entrepreneurs that have college degrees that branched off and did all sorts of things. But th- this book, and he was just as going comparing the one to the other, how he was raised around this, his best friend's dad, who was constantly teaching him things of business and life, and he had no education. Mm-hmm. And he was a from Hawaii, and I guess he's one of the most successful businessmen in all of Hawaii, and I think he was a high school dropout. Mm. So that's a, uh, yeah, good book. Anyway. Yeah, that sounds like a great book, actually. Yeah. I'm going to have to check that one out. You should. Yeah. So what about you, Chase? Yeah, Chase Tell us a little bit now say. about your background. My background in yeah. education actually isn't far off from your joke about oh. dropping out in third grade. <laughs> <laughs> With my wife. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I stopped public school in halfway through sixth grade and <clears throat> I was homeschooled for a while and my mom tried her best unfortunately my sister and I didn't take our education as serious as we probably should have and uh <laughs> I really I I have jokingly say I really didn't do school past like seventh grade I pretty much stopped school around like halfway through eighth grade something like that um, I was doing gymnastics at the time pretty seriously. Uh, my parents gave me the option to go to high school or focus on gymnastics. I said I wanted to focus on gymnastics. I did get my GED um, at 16, and I took a few college classes, just really basic ones like Psych 101, Spanish, uh, I think an algebra class or something like that. And, um, yeah, then I went into the military. Uh, I never... For me, I never really felt uh, like I knew what to do with college. The only thing I ever thought I would really do with college was become a nurse. Like, that was my only real consideration. And I, yeah, I mean, um, it was it was a similar thing. I didn't grow up with pressure to go to college as, like, this will be something that will make you successful in life. And I never saw something that I really wanted to do aside from nursing to that was worthwhile getting a college degree. Now I will say I just didn't have a lot of knowledge or experience about the world. Um, even in the tech stuff, I never thought I would do that. And I was never exposed to it, never thought saw it as an option until I was doing it in the military. And um, But even still, so then I was working at Microsoft for a couple of years and wanted to do software engineering. And so I thought I would take a look at going back to school so I took a look at college, and uh, we'll get into it a little bit later, but um, even then, there was so much into college that I really didn't see the utility in it of actually going through the schooling versus something like practical application and just doing it myself and learning from other resources. Mm. So um, needless to say, I'm not very well educated, but 
<laughs> that's that's pretty much what I got. That's you my education background. Just didn't have a typical education, but I think you are very well educated. I think you just you you learned and applied you know, experience to, to be able to educate yourself. And that doesn't take away from being educated. No, I just make stuff up as I go. Yeah. Okay. I thought so. Yeah. Well, quick question for you. So when you say that your parents have given you a choice of whether to focus on high school or mm. keep pursuing gymnastics at mm. that point, did you think you would consider gymnastics like going, how far were you going to go with that? Would that have become a career for you? I think at that point I thought there was potential, um, and in hindsight, uh, mostly because of my situation. So we were in a small town and there wasn't like a big gymnastics program and I had really inconsistent coaching. If I was really looking at it through a critical lens, I, something major would have had to change for to be really successful. Um, I was competing at a level then where it was, uh, where there was possibilities. He was really good. No, I, <laughs> He was really good. No. If he had the right coach in the right place, he could have gone very far. He's just a humble guy. Yeah, that's what I've heard, yeah. But um, if I were to look back, I still wouldn't have made a different choice because, I don't know, I mean, I am where I'm at, and so I've never really regretted any of it. And um, So what did stop you from pursuing that, that any further then? Was, was it that, had you hit a ceiling, like you said, it was a small town? Had you, like, what, what kind of stopped you? Uh, eventually, I was 15 and a half, and my coach left because they had problems with the gym owners and I ended up finishing out that season coaching myself and the rest of the boys team who were younger through the season uh mm -hmm. through the competition season and after that it was um I was at a level where if I didn't have a coach I couldn't really do anything I couldn't coach myself into the the skill set that I would need mm -hmm. to um to succeed in gymnastics you know on an elite level and um so I didn't really, I mean, I was, I was 16 by that, like not even 16 at that point. So I wasn't about to become a, you know, professional boys gymnastics coach. I just didn't even know what that was like or, and, uh, so yeah, that kind of ended everything for me at that point. Doesn't look crazy how the past, now you look back at what you thought you were going to do, how you thought it was going to happen. And here you are. It's sometimes crazy how you've had this thought of how what it was, at least for me, like I had no doubt I was going to go down this path. I was going to be a Border Patrol agent. I'd do that a few years. I'd become a cop, and that was my life. Yeah. Like, I definitely never thought I would be a gutter guy. And now you're a gutter guy. <laughs> the to top it off guy. to the top of the mountain. So, speaking of, would you like to sponsor one of our podcast episodes? Yeah, just we'll just run an ad for you break. right now. Here's a word guys. from our sponsors. There's no payment. It's we'll just Mitchell. Yeah. <laughs> we'll as right long as I don't after. have to pay you for that sponsorship. Oh, that's yeah. what a sponsorship we'll, we'll do, means. We'll do a little well, jingle right now. For me. We'll do a jingle right now and then just, just we'll, uh, shameless plug. Go ahead. Are your gutters old and leaking and looking terrible? We have a remedy for that for you. Why don't you give us a call at Rainbow Rain Gutters to come and make those gutters flow like as seamless as they should with a new gutter system on your investment <laughs> in the cat in the jingle. Do something to how's that? That was, that was going to advertising. Oh, that was great. You should. Oh, oh man, that's your new career. Man. Right, right off. The what head. a great voice he's got too. Mm -hmm. We just need to workshop the actual flow of the entrepreneurship. You know. I should start another business. Right? There, you should radio commercials. Right radio yeah. commercials. Yeah, 
You know, I've actually worked for your dad and for you, technically, making logos. Oh, that's right. You did graphic design there for a few years. Yours was great, and your dad's was really bad. <laughs> My dad loves his. It's horrible. What's so funny hey, about it? You trashed that one. As long as the one. client is happy, that's <laughs> all that matters. You know, he trashes that logo happy. so much, and my dad thinks that logo is but so But you know good. what's so funny is he they didn't know I had made his dad's logo, and they're like, have you seen my dad's new logo? It's so crappy. And then I was like, yeah, that, one, that one was me. And they were like, oh. Oh, so Are you, you sure? Because ours was great. <laughs> I don't remember. Oh, I guess I do. It That's was terrible. so funny because I totally, I couldn't agree more, man. Uh, <laughs> but hey, he, he, he loves Mitchell it. Mitchell always though, does. Mitchell like, says, he's always like, my dad loves that one. He never says, yes. like, he's such a good logo. He's like, my dad loves yes. it. You just made the cl- client happy, so that's all that matters. Oh, and you did awesome on our logo. I get compliments mm, on our thanks. logo all the time. And I'm, seriously, we do. All Good. the time, people Good. are talking about how cool yeah, it looks. I'm waiting on some new merch from you, so I, I I just spent a lot of money on some merch. So if you want to pay, do me, you have royalties or no? No, um, no, you actually owe me for the shirt. So <laughs> okay. yeah, I thought so. <laughs> you triple <laughs> XL though. Better be, work better on, fit uh, me this time. If we ever do any contract work, you're not in charge of that. No, if you're paying him for the logo that you did, that's usually how my. That's probably why I wasn't successful in my photography <laughs> business. I'm like, I so how much did we do I owe pay you? you? I don't even know. Yeah. Yes, we did? of course you did. How much I, do I owe I you for remember. my time? I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah no, it. here's Steven's the downloads for free. Steven's a mini man of talents as well. Oh, no. Steven is very talented. No. Seg- cue the segue sound. <laughs> <laughs> Just go to another sponsor. <laughs> if you need a new logo, <laughs> do not contact me. <laughs> another failed uh, business endeavor. <laughs> But I think th- it was what's just so funny about those is it's because you get burnt on them because you're actually good enough in both of those that you you could have made it. Yeah, I yeah. agree. I started an Instagram page to kind of <laughs> put my work out there, and I started getting a ton of work. And within like five logos that I did, I was like, I can't do this. Yeah, I think starting a business, especially or really getting it off the ground, is extremely challenging. And most of the time, um, when you started, you know, you at least had business going into it but you're still starting kind of behind the ball trying to pick up something new and there was i remember there was a lot of stress involved in the beginning um wondering if you made the right choice if you should go back or you should do those things and for you i mean you're working already aside from those things and it takes a lot of mental energy to do that type of work to figure out the business itself because each one has its own nuances Mm. Um, so starting a business is not a, a small thing at all. And, um, yeah, I think there's, I'd be really interested to hear going from Mitchell, some of the beginnings that you had, what are some of the biggest challenges you've had to, that you faced in the beginning, especially getting a business up and running money, the dinero. <laughs> yeah. This is why we need video. I know. Mitchell was making dinero. <laughs> the whitest pronunciation yeah, ever. Which I, which he I made <laughs> Robert De Niro. <laughs> Dinero. Capital, <laughs> as the business uh, folk like to say. Uh, yeah. Capital, absolutely. Still is yeah. at times. Still is. Mm. is ca- I mean, anybody in business is going to tell you that, especially at the beginning. It's it's capital, money. Yeah. Um, doing these jobs when... And, and at first, it was a struggle. Like, uh, we were pretty broke. Mm-hmm. And so just getting your feet on and, you know, getting your feet wet and starting a business and... Um, well, you know, when you're trying to do these jobs and you're trying to pay your mortgage with what's coming in, but yet you're getting all the bills from the suppliers and you are just starting off. So it's not like a ton of work coming in. It's a new trade that you're just, you know, I'm not ter- 
you know, that experienced in it. So, um, but I would say that by far the biggest challenge at the beginning was a, a consistent cash, cash flow. flow. Yeah. So it's pretty scary to lose that kind of stability of, of an income that's consistent. And stable. Oh, it was huge. Yeah. My, my wife was absolutely terrified Yeah. when I, um, you know, I, I had been unhappy for a long time for lots of reasons, but I just knew I needed to do something else. And uh, just one day, I just was praying about it a lot, and one day it was just like, this is it. Yeah. Just, I just got to do this. Leap of faith. It was absolutely a leap of faith, which has worked out well, but um, at first it was absolutely terrifying because uh, you went from having a consistent paycheck every single week um, floating pretty well and having, you know, a truck paid for and phones paid for all through a business that you worked for before to all that ending. So, uh, yeah, gas. I mean, yeah, working for my dad in a business like that, you know, you're driving all company vehicles, just your gasoline that yeah. wasn't having to pay for before. It's just, yeah. So there's a lot to it. Um, a lot of people have this perceived idea that the business owners just sit back, kick their feet up on the desk and, collect the checks but uh anybody that's that naive <laughs> will never own a business yes. hey, yeah. you were just saying <laughs> that you just kicked back and you didn't have to do anything anymore that's what i heard well yeah <laughs> well, yes. not at first not at, well no it's still not but yeah <laughs> there we go uh, okay so you actually wanted to talk about you brought this topic up of um going on trades versus uh, education, right? Really going through college versus taking on work or, you know, maybe, maybe a better way of saying it is, uh, maybe a better way of saying it is like, um, rather than just trades, but going into the workforce, um, practical application, real life experience. I think that'd be a fair way of framing it. So why did you want to talk about this and, you know, what brought that thought process on? A lot of things. Um, I feel in our generation, they have pounded in. What is that? It's the <laughs> air. Oh, helicopter. Yeah. Okay. The rapture. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we missed it, you guys. I knew it. <laughs> I saw him over there, but I didn't want to be rude, and now he's gone. <laughs> There's a rumbling background noise if, for some reason, no one else can hear that but us. So. Very strong. That is very loud. <laughs> oh, that's a motorcycle outside. Yeah, I'm like, oh. I don't think that's the air system a, here. Like the, the ground is rumbling. I thought you meant it was the, the hospitals. The, ho I <laughs> the knew hospitals it. right there is a helicopter. California's <laughs> <laughs> California's <laughs> gone, man. I knew I should have gone to Disneyland before. So, so should we switch Disney. topics uh, or continue yeah, here? If you guys have not accepted the <laughs> 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 Okay. Now's another time for a sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what were no. we talking about? Again? No, no, no. Yeah, back all right. To so, why yeah. you wanted to talk about this topic? Um, yeah, I find it interesting, and it's it's I, you know you kind of want to be an encouragement to a younger generation that I feel it's been so pounded into these younger kids now. I mean, it has been for a long time of this, um, like kind of like you Stephen, like being a success for your family pounding their head you must go to college you must get a degree you must get a job and this this app you know what you went to study for and i completely disagree but i you know i don't want it to come across that i'm necessarily against college i'm not against college i feel if 
you are driven and you know what you want to do and you have a career lined up of like, this is what I want to do. And you're very focused and driven on that career. I am absolutely for you going to college if that's what you need to do. Um, but I feel they, you know, society sometimes makes you feel like that if you don't go to college, you're not going to be successful. And I, I just completely disagree with that. There's so many success stories of people who were dropouts. Um, you, the, the, something that you can make the most money in is real estate. And that requires no degree whatsoever to buy properties and do things like that. That's one example of some of the richest people in the world is all in real estate. So some of the major things are real estate. So, uh, but it, it's, it's all, all that. And like, we'll talk about like the trades. Um, I don't feel that you have to have a degree, but like learning a trade, whether it's, we always want to say trades like construction. It doesn't have to be trades. I feel like, Stephen, what, what you're into is the successful trade. Um, just learning something well and being good at it, but not necessarily where it ties you down to where this is what you have to do. How many people have you heard that go to college that have no idea what they want to do in life? Like yeah. they're going to college just to get a degree, but it's like, well, what do you want to do? Well, you know, right. I don't know. Yeah. Or to like we were talking about the other night, to be a doctor, but yet you're going to take a class in you know, Native American astrology. Like, what does that have to do with being a doctor? <laughs> yeah. So I just feel like there's a lot of nonsense in all these other courses that you have to get um, to say you're successful when I don't agree with that. Mm-hmm. So there, it, it, do you feel like that landscape has changed at all over the last uh, period of time, right, <clears throat> between the importance of a college education and link to success versus nowadays? Do I feel like that's changed? Yeah. Do you feel like that's changed in, say, the past 30 years or so? I think now, I I think actually people are realizing that um, kind of the damage that's been done. uh, And and that's that's another thing. It's like going to college just because you you, you push. Not not saying it's not a big achievement to go to college and get a degree because that's a lot of work. But at the same time, it's like you think that you go to college and you get this degree that you're going to fall into success and be, you know, make tons of money and have great jobs. But there's so many cases that we see that, too, that you don't. So I think that as the landscape changed, I feel like people are starting to realize more and more that they're coming out of debt, coming out of college in major debt and not having a job that, you know, maybe I didn't have to go to college. I could have done something else. Um, So... Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking it's changed, but I don't know. Do you think it's changed? Yeah, I think it's definitely changed. I think there's a few things that really set um, things in motion. Um, <clears throat> one is, and I would say probably the biggest impact of opportunity and is the invention of the internet and the opportunities mm-hmm. that brought, that, that yep. brought along. Um, so beforehand, you know, you had to have some sort of connection or relation to get into certain types of jobs or for, um, you know, you want to get into software, not even necessarily software, uh, cause like, that kind of went along with it. Um, but all of a sudden, like in, in, beforehand, if you wanted to do something like broadcasting or media, you really had to be in that industry and you had to go and get a degree in telecommunications, journalism, whatever, or you had to do this now you can get your writing out there. You can build a pathway yourself, right? I think before that, paths were were a little bit more hard set in what you had to do to get to a certain um, area. 
And that's no longer the case. I think it really democratized a lot of those opportunities, whether it's starting a news organization, even small or not, um, or getting photography or um, even video and those types of things. The rapid pace of technological evolution, even in something like cameras, right? Because you can now be a real videographer and do real commercial work through um, just normal cameras that you can buy as a consumer. Whereas beforehand, you had to, like you said, have these massive amounts of capital to really get into it because technology was so expensive. Um, and cell phones are a great example mm -hmm. of um, like the, the amount of change that's happened, right? Like the original cell phones were like $1,500 and they were basically nothing. They were these massive clunky things that you could dial in and out of. You didn't have text messaging. You didn't have anything, much big, less internet connectivity. Planners. Yeah. And now you can buy a really decent cell phone for about four to $500 um, and it'll have internet connectivity and allow you to have software running on it and um, a bunch of other things. So technology as a whole has really changed like that and you mm -hmm. can truly have... YouTube. Yeah, YouTube. And that's another thing, right? You have broadcasting possibilities. Um, Influencers, and right? Yeah, been, yeah. Been, and there are the these platforms that enable you to be not have to make your own connections for advertising, but allow you to take part of platforms that have done that, right? So all these types. And the, and the information that's out there now. And that's another like, part of it is that all of a sudden, all of that information where it was really held in universities now is completely available to anybody in the world, just about. And in a lot of times in better formats than you would find in a college class, right? It's more easily consumable and people have gotten extremely good at simplifying information into consumable ways. You can have a fairly informative TikTok in like 45 seconds that can provide you with some really decent information mm -hmm. that can help yeah. you out quickly mm -hmm. rather than having to go through um, of sitting through a full class and taking one of these full points. And you can access that at any time, when you need it, wherever you're at. So that's another area that's that's changed as far as the information. And then um, I think also, let's see, another way that it's changed. Oh, so another way that it's changed is also then, here's a negative side, is that um, it has the education cost has exploded. Mm -hmm. You're talking about coming out of debt, but there was like, I, I was looking up some stats and it was, um, <clears throat> let's see. So the cost of college was taken 30 years apart here. So the, from around 1991 to 1993 was a public two-year college for in-district students was from around $1,800 to uh, $3,700 per year for um that's across 30 years across. So that's a hundred percent increase just for a two-year college, uh, two-year, um, public two-year college, right? So public four-year college and in-state went from around $3,800 to approximately $10,000 per year, right? So that's, instead of that, we have a four-year degree. You're now sitting at around, um, 14 to $15,000 a, uh, a year for public four-year college where it was to now paying, Fifty thousand mm -hmm. dollars in for, to pay for a four-year degree now, right? That's a huge difference from just thirty years apart. And then uh, out-of-state tuition, which is one of your reasons, was it used to be about ninety-four hundred dollars a year to approximately twenty-seven thousand dollars a year, an increase about one hundred and eighty-eight percent. 
Now, private colleges are actually, they are always been expensive, and that's $18,000 a year to now about $37,000 a year. And that's just for getting a bachelor's degree. That's for nowadays, the bachelor's degree really doesn't get you mm-hmm. anything. Now, if you're looking for something really high level, people are looking for master's and PhDs. So you're coming out of college, and this is this is just like a, an average college. That's not anything counting like if you're going somewhere really high. There are people coming out of college with $150,000, $200,000, dollars in debt with no real path forward, right? So this has changed the landscape too. Now, I, I the problem is, is that college admissions have tripled since then. So there's more people going to college, mm-hmm. which hey, supply and demand that's gonna co- that could potentially cause. But there's some other things in college that also have raised the costs. Um, administration costs and stuff like that have risen without the quality of the education or without the amount of teachers. So there's some iffy things going on, but the cost has gone up so high and are people getting the same value out of that, right? Even those ones with just normal college, each one of those has gone up over a hundred percent and that's 30 years. And if it's supposed to be around a two to 3% increase um, in there, you could justify and say, all right, well, that's uh, as far as inflation goes, the cost might go up to 60 to even 90% in that case. But is the value going up that much to where, and the wages that you're getting out of it, are they really actually paying that down? Yeah. And how many years when you do get out of college, is it going to take you to pay off those loans? And that's it. Yeah. And, and so many times they can't get a job in what they thought they're going to be able to get a job in. So they end up getting a job in a completely different field where they're making way less than they ever expected. And they have an astronomical amount of debt. And so that's where I'm just like, was it worth it? Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. And that's, um, <clears throat> that is huge. I'm trying to see what people, and I think there was something where most people don't go into what they get a degree for. And that's mm-hmm. another thing is that there's, there are good degrees that you can get and have good return on. Um, and some of them are like engineering communication. There's these satisfaction, not communication, sorry, communication is not a high return one. Education is definitely not, but computer and computer and information services, engineering, um, health professions have some good return and business is so, so, but, um, and I didn't get to do all the research again, no experience required. Welcome to the podcast, <laughs> but, this, um, is this is what you get. Yeah. So there's, there, there's a range of, of what people get return on and, but like, uh, I'm always curious about why people go into college and just get some random degree without looking at that if they're going to have a return. Now, I understand because even myself looking at that age, I didn't have the thought process and the mindset to look that far ahead. And so I was like, this is, if I was going to do something, I was like, oh, this is what I'm going to do. And then I'd find myself at the end of it. And I think a lot of kids do that. And that's not a great thing to go into. And kids are taught now, really, school has um, largely become a way to be able to pass tests to get college scholarships and college degrees or get into colleges. And it's just a pipeline to get them to college, which what are they actually being taught there and what are they getting out of it? Yeah. And then so we could completely shift this to maybe not necessarily spiritual. Talking to the mic a little bit more. There you go. We could completely shift this on reasons of other things why I would. How would you, Stephen, 
when you have kids someday, <laughs> are you going to encourage your children? Are you going to be that type? Like you got to go to college. You mm-hmm. got to get a degree. This is what you have to do to be successful. How, how, how would you teach your kids that? It's funny because I was literally about to ask you both this question because both of you are fathers, right? You both currently have kids and I was literally on the same page and, and this is quite a shift, but I, I can't help but think about how much the culture has changed. Mm-hmm. Um, in today's age, as opposed to maybe a few years ago. And, and I don't have statistics for that or anything like that, but you just hear of just the culture on campus and I guess how damaging it can be. And us coming from, you know, a Christian background, <clears throat> we obviously know that it can be a place that can be quite toxic. So for me, and, and I don't have kids, I'm not married. I think I, I, I definitely, you had mentioned if the individual is someone who's focused, right, and they have a passion and they can really focus on that and just go for it, um, then, yeah, obviously I would support my kids and, and I would help them along the way and, and, and hope that I coach and mentor and guide them as well as I can. At the same time, I know that there's a, you know, there's this spiritual warfare, mm-hmm. really, I, in college campuses. And, and I had this conversation with my brother-in-law because he initially was very anti-college uh, with my hmm. oldest nephew, who's going to be graduating high school in a year. And my sister uh, is kind of pushing him to, you know, further his education. And she's like, go all the way, become a doctor, you know, become a surgeon. And so do you think that comes from your, sorry to interrupt, but do you think that comes from the background of your parents pushing? It could be, but I think a lot of it comes from the potential that she sees mm, in, okay. in my older nephew. I, I think she he's very intellectual, extremely smart. He's very, very driven, uh, very book smart. So we can see him being able to apply that to a higher education and actually being successful. And he's also very level-headed. And so I think there's more trust in, in him being able to go to college and, and being able to be focused. He's very hard on himself, very strict. Uh, and so, you know, that's there as well. But... And, and I think it just depends on the kind of character that you're developing at that age. And obviously so much changes between those ages, right? From 18 to even, even now, right? I'm about to hit 30 this year. You're, you're, you're so old. I know. I'm so <laughs> old. Your personality changes so much oh, yeah. and just what drives you. And so, yeah, it's a little bit difficult. I think I'm sure once I have kids, it'll feel different. And, but you know, I was mentioning, I was talking to my brother-in-law about this and it's, it's either you're going to be driven enough to become an entrepreneur, right. And, and start your own business and work hard at that or go to college and and work hard at that. And because, you know, my nephew can go straight into the workforce right now and he's going to have to deal with the exact same things he's going to have to deal with at college. And he's going to be tempted in different ways and he's going to have to come across different personalities and, and, and different hardships. And so it's either, you know, it's kind of one of those things where I think you really just have to evaluate what's going to drive you, I guess. And, and so, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm sure when it comes to my own kids, I'll, I, maybe I'll feel different about it, but I am curious to hear what you guys feel about that, having your own children right now. And I know they're not in high school or anything like that, but would you guys encourage them to higher education or at least, you know, tell them that it's an option? So I'm going to add a little bit here before, because I do want to hear what you have to say. But since we're taking it this direction, mm-hmm. and so we can keep it in this context, um, 
Stephen said that um, his nephew is going to go and be tempted in different ways around the world, you know, going to go out there. And since we do know that they're going to be exposed to different things and new things, you also have a little bit of an opportunity because you run and own your own business. So you know the business will be a good environment for him if you wanted your son, Austin, he's 10 now, correct? You would have an opportunity to provide a safe lane for him. So... I just wanted to add that context in that now as you go forward, it's not necessarily like where Stephen, um, his nephew's going to go and potentially just be out and have to face a lot of those temptations, a lot of those different things and be exposed to these different things. You do have a path potentially that he won't be as exposed, right? Or at least where you have a little bit of a hand in it. Now, as you answer that, how do you feel about that uh, college or even in the workforce? So I would never, I wouldn't necessarily discourage it, but I would never encourage my son to come work for me, if that's mm. what you're saying, to come down the lines of maybe taking over mm. my business. If he was interested in that, like I I could almost guarantee you his first job he already helps me is going to be working for me. It's just kind of how right. it goes. And your dad works in the business. You got to work with your dad for a while. Mm. But I would never want to push him into something that he didn't have a passion and wasn't interested in um, because I kind of came from that too. And there's good things about it, but there's things that weren't so good either. So I would never put pressure on my son to come work for me. But he he's only 10 years old, so, I mean, to, besides, be, besides you know, being man. a professional baseball player, um, he wants to be a doctor. Well, now. yeah, but his side hustle, you know? <laughs> side hustle will be being a doctor, yes. And then, uh, you know, uh, it, it all depends on the season. A few months ago, he was going to be a professional football player. So, I mean, he's 10. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it changes all the time. But he he's the same i mean i was young sounds inconsistent i wouldn't hire him <laughs> right yeah uh he's young but it, uh, we can already see things that he's very smart um mm. he does not struggle in school whatsoever he retains information very well um he thinks he wants to be a doctor and he wants to go that route and if he and when he gets older and i see that he's driven that's really what he wants to do i think i would warn him of things that potentially the damage this can do but at the same time, if he was driven and knew this is what he wanted to do and this is the path he was going to take, I would absolutely support my son in going that route. Um, and that, that's just one of those things that at some point you have to have faith in the Lord that you brought them up the way that they yeah. should go and that they're grounded in that because you're exactly right. At some point, they are going to be in the workforce. They You can't shelter them forever. Right. And so I'm not naive yeah. to that. Um, but would you encourage him? in that direction, not support him, but would you encourage going to college? No. No? no. Okay. So why not? Uh, I just think it's dangerous. Um, well, if we want to talk about spiritual, I think it's very dangerous. See, I, I think yet you can, and we were going to get into this a little bit. I mean, you could take this all the way back to the beginning in the Bible on um, on the ways of, we'll say, Cain, on going down the path of knowledge and science they, they, they've taken God out of everything. And when it comes to the educa- education, they, they, I'm not, not going to say this for everybody, but in a lot of ways, I feel like it almost gets beat out of you. You look down upon for having faith and morals. And in a college atmosphere, if you're not driven and grounded, first of all, grounded in the Lord, but if you're not driven and focused on something that you want to do and you're just kind of floating out there, you're at a very vulnerable age where these influence and things can really be extremely damaging Um, I mean, so many people, it's like you could go to four years of college and some guys will just say, man, I just partied all four years. Well, I don't want that for my son. Mm -hmm. Like I actually want it to be fulfilling 
that he's going to get something out of it. And I don't want him, especially if he didn't know what he wanted to do, um, I would not encourage it. Now, I'm not, I would never say, that, I mean, there's times that I think, like, maybe I should take a few college classes, like a business course here, or something along those lines, actually further my education in a subject that I really want to know. Hmm. Um, but I'm not saying I want to go get a degree in this in this subject. But, and that's where it kind of goes back to the whole, trade school thing, even though I never went to trade schools, that's where I just feel like something like a trade school is instead of four years is what, not even a year. And you're literally just learning about this one trade. Mm -hmm. So, um, would I encourage them to go to college? Absolutely not. Um, if they were driven and that's what they wanted to do, I would absolutely support them and not discourage them. So yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and every kid is different. Um, it's they're young to tell, but it's like certain ones, you know, are smart and driven and have focus on certain things. And there's certain kids that are not like I, I know a close family that, you know, I'm not going to say names, but the oldest brother. It's, okay, it's me. I know <laughs> the, the oldest brother wanted to be an accountant and he always said mm. he wanted to be an accountant. He went to school and he got his degree and he became an accountant and now he owns an accounting firm. Yeah. But then he has another brother that was not the college type, not, not saying that he wasn't smart. Yeah. We'll just say he's not book smart, mm -hmm. but lots of common sense and, and knowledge of the world um, and things of the world. It's like he, he chose a different path to go down the family business, but yet they're both extremely successful now. Yeah. One was not a college person at all. So each kid is different too. And I think as a parent, you got to kind of have to know um, how they fit into that. So, yeah. So really, it sounds like the the goal of what you think it should be is is more about um, ending up and being fulfilled in what you do, as that is a huge part of your life, and also that it's it's not going to be a detriment to you. Yeah, and I, I feel like we were saying earlier, um, it seems to at times I feel tie you down. Mm. Um, we go back to that book, Rich Dad Poor Dad, and that was like a main point where his dad was like, "You got to go to college. You got to go to college. You got to go to college. You got to get a degree." got to get a job, you got to have benefits, you know, have, have all these things that you have to have by having a degree. And it's like, no, you don't like, you don't have to do that at mm -hmm. all. You can do it. Nothing changes. So whether you go to college, whether you start a business, whether you go into trade school to be successful, a, a piece of paper that says bachelor's degree or master's degree or PhD is not going to make you successful. What makes you successful is is hard work. I mean, mm -hmm. there's no no cutting corners about it. Whatever mm -hmm. occupation you're gonna do, if you want to be successful in that occupation, you have to be you have to work hard. So it's a lot of work ethic too. And I feel, um, not that college doesn't make you work hard because obviously it's a major accomplishment to get a degree, but like we gave this example the other day, like you guys all know micro. And uh, I was telling you about this podcast with him and Patrick Ben David, Bet David, and uh, <laughs> uh, Mike Rowe was just talking about, and it's it's so true. It's like people look down on certain occupations. Like uh, he gave an example of a father son team that owns a little business that they they clean out septic tanks, and you're just like, yeah, that's a disgusting job. Like not going to take that away, but it's like they are making an absolute killing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's like, there's so many opportunities out there. Like we were talking the other night, it's like, we're coming into a, a whole realm of a lot of people, your dad, my dad, these people that have worked extremely hard through these years and these businesses. And there's a lot of opportunities I feel that are there 
that people could take, but I feel our generation is such a want handout types. Mm -hmm. They just expect these things. Nobody's even, I don't even know if people are thinking about these paths that they could take in something that you don't need a college degree for and be extremely successful. And one of the things I like about owning a little business is uh, you have, you have to work all the time, but you have freedom to, I mean, it's huge is to make your own schedule and I, I just feel like going that route to where I'm not, not, not saying everyone has to start a business. I'm just giving you the perks of what I find. And I have no type of education. I mean, I went into a gutter business of being trained for a few months and taking a leap and going for it. And it's not about boasting myself, but it's just one of those things that it's just like, you got to figure it out. Yeah. You got to get out there. You got to work hard. You just got to do it. Yeah. And I just feel like if you focus like that on anything, electrician, yeah. a plumber, it doesn't matter if you go out there and, and just hustle, mm-hmm. you could do very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I think you're right. I mean, for me, I'm, I've told you about it before, but I work for a large company and work for someone else. And even though my flexible is relatively my schedule is relatively flexible compared to a lot of people who would have a nine to five job. I always feel a pressure working for someone else that I should be on or doing something and that. So it's a, it is a huge benefit. And I do look at, um, look at that a lot of times. Like, man, sometimes I wish my time was my own because I, a lot of, in a lot of ways I feel like my time is someone else's and it is, I am selling my time and my labor and I feel like I'm very, very, overly in some cases fairly compensated so i don't feel that it's just i always feel that pressure um from from something else and so i think owning your own business and that freedom and flexibility yeah it's an extremely large amount of work but your work and your time is your own Mm -hmm. and you're able to then invest that as you see fit to your own benefit yeah so kind of before we stray too far I am curious, Chase, since you do have children, Mm. what your take is on as far as that encouraging the whole college versus, you know, other options. Based on a lot of the things where I saw that the change was, I don't see college as 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 good of an investment as it used to be. Um, If you have something where you need the degree, that is, you, you have to be trained in it, similar to a trade school, like... Um, like a lawyer or, and you need that certification to come out of there or a doctor, doctor nurse, nurse, something like that. I see yeah. that as a worthwhile investment because if you're going to get the fulfillment out of it and that's what's required for you to get there, that's, that's a hard requirement. Yeah. But first, even something like software engineering, you hear a lot of them and I know a lot of people who do very well at software engineering and have not gone to college for it. They, taught themselves they did those things all of those learning resources and the ability to um even when software engineering was starting computers like i said the the um the barrier to entry to get a computer used to be so much higher and now you can get a relatively decent computer that you'd be able to teach yourself software engineering on for a very low small amount relatively and uh so those possibilities and those potential for learning, you don't have to go to school for communications if you want to be a journalist, if you want to be a writer. Now, those credentials might help you in the networking, and I do see that as one of the biggest benefits of college is that most of the time you're going to go, and especially if it's something like a, a well-known college, people coming out of there will probably either have connections or go in and you'll have connections through them. So networking is a, is a huge opportunity. But 
I still don't see it as good of an investment. I feel like there are other ways and opportunities to do that now um, and to build skill sets, whereas before college was was kind of the de facto way to do that. Um, and so even in um, – I, I wouldn't – I would discourage it if it was something where there was a, an easier and less um, time and monetary investment cost to it. Like, let's say my son, for if my son did want to go into software engineering, I'd, I'd discourage him from going to college until he started doing some things himself to see if then there would be a reason for him to, because there are specific disciplines of software engineering where a degree is especially required and the, the specific training would be helpful like data science or machine learning. Even those areas are becoming less so, but still, right, there might be a benefit. But if he's just wanting to go and make things or he's wanting to do <clears throat> these specific things, those skill sets can be learned and have um, practical application well before college is even started. And so to see if he actually has an interest and a passion and if that's something he wants to do. But if there was something like a doctor and I knew he was set on it, then, um, of course, I would encourage him and support him and, and do that. I think there's a balance to see what they'll do and how they'll be and how they'll approach moving forward in life. And uh, for me, I've learned a lot through, like I, like I said, I wasn't exposed to a lot of the different opportunities, and it wasn't something, and through no fault of his own, my dad was focused on work and grew up, and, and again, this new generation of where we've all grown up in, the landscape has entirely changed. Mm -hmm. There's no way my parents would have known how to communicate the opportunities and how to navigate the opportunities moving forward. But I've been fortunate enough to grow up and see those and know people who I could send my kids to if they did have... Um, desires and things even being able to know that having someone to talk to in depth about the realities of a situation if my son wanted to go and start a business or start doing something like that I could easily send them to you to talk and that never came across from my dad as far as like he never talked to me about that kind of stuff and again mostly because that's just not how it was done back then but now you know your network and your learnings uh, and knowing who to send them to and talk to is a is a huge boon for my son and so whatever path he chooses, um, I'm very thankful that I've had the experiences that have shown me some of these lessons that I wish I would have known. And I want to make sure that I can point him to and help him navigate where he wants to go in life a little bit and and hopefully either direct if I see if he's heading towards a pitfall or encourage him if he's making good decisions. And so, yeah. And there, I've also thought of this. For me, right coming out of high school, it's like I kind of, I kind of thought I wanted to be a, you know, a cop. But it's like some people do, and some people come out of college and they're just, I mean, out of high school, and they're like, I have, I have no idea. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna go to college, but I have no idea what I'm going for. So there's a part of me, and you're at such a critical age where you're developing, especially. It seems like you know, boys develop a little slower than girls do. But it's like I, I would almost encourage, in some ways, too, to. Maybe don't go to college right away. Why don't you take a year or two off? Try something else for a little while. And if this thing keeps coming up or just like, no, this is what I want to do, then okay. But like go out and have another job for a little while. Learn a little bit of responsibility before you just jump into it, not really knowing what you want to do. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, everyone is different. but uh, I think that's a good that. point. I think, you know, just even realizing that, at that age, you're developing interests and hobbies and being able to explore those and then really kind of flesh those out and know what you would be passionate about. I think a flip side to that 
and maybe this is a question is like, how would you combat doing that and then falling into like aimlessness, right? Mm-hmm. Just kind of wandering. That's really and, and that's like a huge risk. And and I felt like I was at you know, I felt like I was kind of aimless there for a while. And not only is that just bad for your growth, but and mental health, but it is just kind of you feel a little bit lost, right? I mean, for you guys, what kind of advice would you give to someone who maybe is in that kind of place and they feel a little bit aimless because they didn't go to college? But they're also in that place where they they're taking a break and they're not fully sure of of what their passion is and and they're not maybe they're not as driven to just go straight into an entrepreneur entrepreneurial endeavor you know um, so maybe they're just hopping around maybe they're not working maybe you know I, I feel like um, a lot of negative could possibly come from that as well as the positive that you mentioned so I don't know how like how would you combat that but but I I think it's just as much so being aimless going into college and being aimless because then you're being aimless and you feel like you have to go do this certain thing and you're being aimless to where all the other damage could happen i mean it's that's Mm -hmm. that's hard in some ways on on you you, that that always sounds great do what you love you know just go out and do what you love like that i never thought i was going to be a gutter guy i would i would never (laughs) say like this is the passion that i had i actually got into it he's like you just wait i'm gonna be hanging gutters someday guys right so it's you just like it. nobody yeah. thinks that nobody uh, at 15 years old they're not thinking I'm going to go out and be a plumber like yeah no but at the same time if it t- if if you had the right person around them to be like hey man like you could do very well being a journeyman plumber you could make spectacular money mm-hmm. and then eventually that could turn into turn into a career for you so it's it's hard to say yeah you could be wandering around aimlessly for a while um, but. You know, I, I'm kind of like, go go try it. Like, if that kind of interests you, like, oh, maybe I, I yeah. kind of like welding. Well, why don't you go get a job somewhere with yeah. somebody for welding and see if that takes. If yeah. that doesn't, yeah. like, I understand what you're saying, jumping around. But I, I have a, a cousin who went to college and extremely smart, extremely talented, really, really smart. Um, and he's got... Remember, nobody listens to this podcast. <laughs> you can say whatever. <laughs> he's got... I know he's not going to listen we don't talk too hey, much. Hey, what anymore. are you trying to say? You don't have faith in us? <laughs> not going to grow? Uh, oh, You're man. confusing me. <laughs> <laughs> but he has degree upon degree. Uh, he originally thought he was going to be a, you know, it's changed so many times. He wanted to be a sports reporter, and then it changed to a doctor, and then it turned to a brain surgeon, and then it turned to, and he's and he's got a PhD, and I don't even know what. And he comes out of it, and he's a packager on an Amazon, on an, a a, a you know, their assembly line, whatever they call it, a packaging line for Amazon. Mm-hmm. And he loves it. And he didn't need a really? degree. Yeah, he loves his job. And he's like, he didn't need any of those degrees. So it's just kind of like, and so he has all this debt and this big fancy degree when he has a job that he loves that had nothing to mm-hmm. do with needing mm-hmm. any of that. Mm-hmm. So, um, but that that is hard on, but, but I feel like you could be aimless and go into college aimless too. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think part of that is also the same thing. Like, we've had the the privilege of seeing what colleges become, being exposed to, like, the outcomes and all that stuff, right? Like, who comes out of where, and that's the benefit of the technologies, where we get a lot more visibility into things. And um, there's this stigma around jobs of like and kids growing up they want to be something more right and so most of the time that means like oh i've got to go to college to be something big i have to 
um, go and be a doctor or an astronaut, whatever, right? And But I have to go to college to prove that I'm something more. Whereas then they come out of it at the end and realize kind of the more important things in life. And um, a lot of times, right, that was a, a true path to that. But there's there is so many opportunities here that now it, it's like I do want to let my kids know that this individual pride of like what you want to be doesn't isn't going to fulfill you and it actually probably won't lead anywhere like that not that you shouldn't but you should be reaching you should be getting fulfillment from your job um and from what you do whatever that is right as long as it's going to take care of your family and to do that and so to your point yeah for my advice i would say and what i have given advice for is go and try different things there are the opportunities now and the barrier to entry to try so many different things is so much smaller is so so much lower than what it used to be that again you could go try and do photography blogging podcasting um go and work a job doing something try and start your own small business right like see how you like running a business at any level i've heard of kids literally teenagers starting their own businesses and doing very well yeah. just based on like vending machines yeah absolutely right like gumball machines yeah yeah, yeah. and so it's I just want to make sure that they're exposed to those opportunities and that they feel comfortable trying things and have mm-hmm. guidance to know where the risk is too much and where it's not to still make smart decisions, right? You don't want to just like, Oh yeah, go ahead and take out a bank loan for, and that's what still sounds kind of crazy about college. You're like, yeah, just go ahead and take out a $150,000 loan. And I hope that you, you know, it works out for you that at the end of it, you've got a, re- you know, steady flow to mm. return on your investment mm-hmm. that it's actually paying off. But if you took that into a business and, and, and said, oh yeah, I'm going to go start a um, half eaten sandwich business where I'll go around to the businesses in town who sell sandwiches where the food is thrown out and I'll try and resell those. That'd be a terrible business <laughs> idea, right? So you'd be like, no, don't do that. Yeah. And you're like, hey, I'm going to go take out $150,000 in debt and get a basket weaving degree. Don't do that, Right. Like no. there's got to be some there's got to be some path and guidance still there. So I'm not saying completely alone, but to make them aware of the opportunities and to try new things and to do that within reason and be smart about it. But that's the benefit that I I feel like I have, whereas it, it didn't used to be like that. And we still live. I don't know how much longer, and it's definitely changing. But we still live in a country where you could. I know there's certain environments and you grow up around certain atmospheres that it makes it difficult to get out of those environments. I, I understand that. And then some of that, I, I guess I'm blessed that I didn't have to go through that, but it's like, you can grow up in the poorest of poor in this country and still find something you're like, you know what? That interests me. And you can go for it and be extremely successful. We don't, a lot of people and countries don't have those opportunities where hard work doesn't necessarily, I guess is financially Mm-hmm. Uh, financially successful because I mean we all know you can look at success in so many different ways, but uh, yeah, I, I just feel you know sometimes you get this this bad attitude of certain ones that you know they want to blame everybody else for where they're at, and you're just kind of like I mean there's opportunities everywhere where we are, and like like we talked about, I mean, if people could just see maybe they do, but like there is opportunities. With technology and how things are, you can go and do so many different things and do very well and be very successful. But some people have like, and that's part of being a kid is like they have these big dreams. I want to be a doctor. I want to be a lawyer. And we have to have those, but we also have to have the guys who flip burgers. Like I'm not saying I'm going to encourage my kid to flip burgers, but they got to be there too. We need good burgers sometimes, (laughs) man. Trust me, I get it. (laughs) 
But then it's like you might start as a burger flipper and be like, you know, what? restaurants is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Like, and the next thing you know, you're the manager. Next thing you know, you're like, I want to take this further. Next thing you know, you're running your own restaurant. So it's yeah. like you might start as a burger flipper, but if you have that drive that this is what you like to do and you see opportunity in it, I mean, you can go from being a minimum wage burger flipper to, you know, owning a chain of restaurants. Yeah, so, yeah, and there's a point where, even myself, like I, I've said, I've jumped around from job to job to job, and I still do that. I, like I said, even within the same company, I've changed jobs. There's a point where commitment actually is a really good investment, committing to something. So if you do fine, you're like, hey, a burger flipper, and you move, and you're like, okay, now I'm going to be a manager, and I'm going to do this. Sticking that same path can really pay off versus jumping and wandering around aimlessly finding that one thing. Not to say that there aren't benefits, but it's, it's like there is – Something to be said for sticking with things. And so in the tech field, it's kind of, and I don't know if it's a good thing, tech fields will actually jump from company to company to increase salaries, right? Because they'll go and they'll get offers and then they'll they'll like literally jump back to the same company for just a better offer. And that's, that's the path forward, right? And companies will get a good return out of it um, a lot of times, but it's like building that skill set and really committing to something can also be a... a huge benefit like you're saying just because you start somewhere in this place in this country that is not the limit of where you can go with it Mm -hmm. right you can take starting at flipping burgers to i knew a guy in the military actually who started out flipping burgers at mcdonald's and then became a manager and he joined the military but when he got out he wanted to go back and work at mcdonald's but it's like it's that's actually if you go up there in the corporate structure, they make some really good money and can be extremely successful. And that's what he liked doing. So yeah. it doesn't mean that, you know, like you can be a UPS driver and make yeah. a really good Great. living. Yeah, absolutely. And like part of my story is 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 when I went into it, it, it was completely out of desperation. At that point, it was like this or bust. Mm-hmm. Like this has to work or it, you know we're starting from the bottom and working our way up again. And so I find that uh, I've just blessed by it, that the Lord watched over me in it because it was just like, there is no other options in this situation. It's like, you don't necessarily want somebody to get there, but it does make it where it gives you a lot of drive when Mm -hmm. it's like, there's no other choices. This has got to work. Yeah. So yeah, there's opportunities everywhere. Yeah. And even for me, like coming out of the military. So I I go back to the story a while because it was, yeah, that's that's my point where then sticking with something and deciding, okay. Yep. Yep. So I was getting out of the military. I thought I was going to go back to school. We were going to have a boy a month after I got out of the military. And uh, we were going to have my oldest son. And after that, I didn't have anywhere to go. I didn't have anything lined up. And I committed to this program to try and get a job in Microsoft. And um, so that was strictly driven by trying by, by my son coming up. Right, so I had this driving factor that I had to suddenly provide not only for me and my wife, which me and my wife were fine. That was actually relatively small, but all of a sudden I had a son that I was going to have to provide for. And waiting for that return on investment four years down the road wasn't you know, a great option. So I decided to use the skills that I'd gotten. And again, it was a Lord leading and guiding me, even though I didn't see it at the time. Mm-hmm. So I was a month out from, from um, discharging, and I didn't have a job still. Um, I was going through this course. Gabrielle was back in Phoenix. I was in California completing this course, um, working really hard. I was I was studying probably a total of around 18 to 20 hours a day. 
And um, working towards this job in Microsoft, I had an interview with Amazon um, and I actually had a job offer and that would have been required to move across the country. Facebook, uh, I was setting up for an interview for them, but I just wanted Microsoft due to the fact that their culture and that the uh, of their mission and what they wanted to do. But I had no guarantees. So I interviewed and up until the day, so I interviewed with Microsoft and um, then I, they said they were going to give me a job offer, but it was the day I was getting out. It was my my last official day of the military, my last official day of the course. And I was literally packing up to drive back to Phoenix. Um, I was, I had, I was out of the, our apartment where we'd been living and I was staying in an Airbnb for the last month. And I had not had any guarantee that I was actually getting a job from Microsoft. And they gave me a call on the last day, um, that I was going to get a job that I, they had a job offer and I, it was such an amazing blessing. But at that point then, the job itself was something I had zero idea how to do. It was about automation and using a scripting language, and I had no idea how to do it. So even after that, I was still just completely driven not to lose a job. I was so afraid those first six months that I was like, they're going to know I'm a fraud. They're going to fire me. It's going to be <laughs> terrible. So I again, I like I didn't stop studying. I did my work, and I was working probably close to 20 hours a day just continually pushing because I, I suddenly had a forcing function and I like mm -hmm. to call it a forcing function and many especially I believe need forcing functions yeah, absolutely. that'll really cause you that caused a commitment and suddenly having a family that was more important than myself it didn't matter if like hey I'd been in the military for four years I'd been pushing hard and a lot of people get out of the military and it's like okay I'm just gonna relax a bit and then I'll go and I'll go to school and I'll do this I didn't have that option I had a forcing function but it pushed me so hard to learn and improve and dedicate myself to what I was doing so I would be able to provide. That's what really put me down the path that I'm on. And I don't regret that a single bit. And that's what still drives me, right? Like I'm still tired a lot of times of work. There's, you guys know, I have a customer call tonight in four hours still. So it's one in the morning. But I have now three kids to take care of and they drive me to improve mm -hmm. and they, I like to make sure that they're taken care of. And that's what's, push me to do well at my job. Otherwise I'd be like, you know what? This isn't maybe, maybe I could just take a pay cut and be fine working something else. And I'm not saying it's, it's not an option later on that I, I might not want to do something else or take a risk sometime, right? There's always there, that forcing function will then be redoubled. Cause right now I do have a steady paycheck and I have these things, but if I ever thought about starting my own business, having those forcing, forcing functions to drive me, I know that would be there, right? Because there's suddenly there's a lot more on the line and a lot more to push and to try for. And and well, we could take that back to my wife's podcast of masculinity and what what's a man. And a lot of that is character too. That you're setting yourself aside at a desperation uh, force behind it of your family. That that's character of of you're doing whatever it takes to support your family. And it seems like I'm not going to say that's that's lost. But people, I just feel a lot of times people are so selfish and it's just mm -hmm. like even dad, you know, deadbeat dads that do have kids that just like, well, whatever. And just like, how could you, how could you do that to yeah. your family, to your kids? But, well, I wanted to back up a little bit. I know we're probably running out of time here. No, um, there's no time limit. Yeah, no time <laughs> but limit. all right. So Mitchell was so worried. He's like, I don't know what I'm going to say for an hour <laughs> and a half. Like, it's been an hour and 35 minutes. I know. Already. Like, here we go. Um, so going back to my, my kids, would I, would I 
encourage them to go to college. What, what I want to do for my kids, which is I feel I had good examples around me and I felt like my dad was very good at it, um, is give them a work ethic. Mm. Yeah. And I feel if you give them a good work ethic, whether they go to college, whether they decide to go in trades, whether they go, they'll be successful. And that's where it comes on to me of being an example of best I can that I can be that. I mean, there's times as a kid with my dad, it's just like, man, it seems like I'm doing chores all the time. Like you're always angry. Like, man, why does he have me do all these things all the time? It seems like, but now I'm seeing that I do that to my son and it's not out of being a mean dad, mm. but you actually will see that, you know, I pray that someday he looks back and be like, I'm so thankful that my dad pushed me to do that. And so I'm extremely blessed and be the same for your dad. You had a good example to look at of what hard work was mm -hmm. and what sacrificing yourself for your family meant and added desperation, that force behind it, that, I, you know, whether I got to go to McDonald's and flip burgers, that that's okay if I, if I'm providing food on the table for my family. So, um, but the, I like that, how that, that force behind it, uh, you, you know, you had that moment. I had that moment of, yeah. it's not, it's not about yourself. There's no other choice. <laughs> yeah. You, it's you, like, you gotta, you gotta yeah, make you it. You gotta do it. So, but, but what, that's what amazes me sometimes is for some people, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. They'll, they'll choose to just live this life of selfishness and do what they want. And it just leads to, in a lot of ways, kind of where we are with society and our, this generation of, uh, people that I feel are entitled and, and it just seems like nobody wants to work. Like what it actually takes to just, you got to get out there and get it done, like yeah. work. But uh, having a family and things definitely is a, is a force behind of you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. So. Uh, I think for men, like the, the marriage rates have one been dropping and they've yeah. been marrying later and later. Right. So there is a, a big portion where I do feel like it shaped me and molded me into uh, what I am is having those is being married and having something more bigger than myself that suddenly I was, I was no longer the most important thing. And that's important for us to realize that as men, right. And for and us to, to work under. Yeah. And to give that example to our kids yeah, to lead another generation of, of well, I'm, hard I'm pretty work. sure that my kid just thinks I play video games all day. Cause <laughs> I'm just on the computer. It's like, wow, <laughs> so I'm going to have job. to send them to you. No, for me, dad, can like, I play next? I'm not playing a game, son. Uh, my dad's, my kids are probably like, dad, you're at home all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, Steven, what do you got to add? I mean, that's, <laughs> yeah, I've been real silent since you guys started talking about marriage and family <laughs> and children. Because <laughs> they're like our absolute, our beautiful wives and beautiful children. And I'm like, <laughs> um, no, yeah, absolutely. I, I can see that. And I've just seen that in, in, you know, the men around me, like who, who do have families and who, who do have children. It, it seems like such a driving factor when you have something to work towards that isn't just yourself. Right. And a lot of times I think that is a detriment to, I mean, it's been a detriment to my growth even. Right. Because I, sometimes I think, especially when I was younger, I felt like, well, I have all the time in the world. It's just me. There's not a lot of pressure. And I, I think, pressure is definitely required you know to grow mm -hmm. a little bit so mm -hmm. yeah for sure yeah i did want to ask you so you listened to your your wife's podcast here what did you think about that i guess we're kind of slowing down unless we have something else i just wanted to want to get your take slow on fade as we like talk about as yeah <laughs> uh, uh do we not. might have to just cut it off it'll be an edit and we're like oh he said something we're just gonna oh, ooh. yeah <laughs> and that's the podcast right um, I, uh, 
I don't like how she brings up my insecurities on the podcast. <laughs> but. Do we want to go over those right now? Uh, like you, an opportunity you, to you and your wife already did that the other day. So those got <laughs> well out there. All my insecurities for everybody to hear. It wasn't public. We could talk about it if you want. No, we no, can, no. Let's move on from that for 20 minutes so that you can, you know. Uh, no, I think what I completely agree with everything she says is things we talk about. I mean, even this, like, I mean, we are, uh, we're so opposite in our personalities, but on views and things like this, we are in just about everything right on track with mm. each other. So, um, yeah, like, like I said, our personalities are completely different. She's extremely high strung. I feel like I'm a lot more laid back. <laughs> But when it comes to raising our kids and stuff and, and where we stand on some of these things, I feel we are, I mean, I'm not going to say we don't have our little disagreements about certain things. She's a very protective mama. And at times it's just like, you know, kick him in the butt and say, get out there and do it. Like, and she's mama bear, but, um, no, I thought her podcast was great. Um, she's, uh, hilarious actually she's a lot funnier than i am (laughs) (laughs) that's not true uh but i mean i think the that whole masculinity thing even comes back into this this is this is what i'm saying i was like the 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 thing of being a man it's not about you know being 250 pounds six foot six and solid muscle and can beat anybody up Uh, but you could have that and even if he could beat beat anybody up there there's Good chance there's not an ounce of man in a man like that. Mm-hmm. I'd rather take somebody who, as we know, a very well-known preacher gave examples of, of 150 pounds that has character behind them and, mm-hmm. um, you know, will stand up for what's right. Mm-hmm. And so I, I feel a lot of that has changed. Um, I feel society has gotten pretty soft in a lot of that stuff. And it's like we, we know these things, the yeah. why and the reasons and some of that. But, um, yeah. There's still lots of good men out there, yeah. hardworking guys. Such You're a, one of them. Such a good man. Uh, <laughs> I just try to provide a living for my family. <laughs> I just, you know, provide for my family and work hard. And, but see, and my build. wife brought up my wife brought up one of my insecurities because I like always have this thing like your dad sometimes always just like ah. Oh, like he's out there and it's like he's almost 60 years old he's out there you know pick and shovel and out there just working so hard and i'm like sitting at home having my third cup of coffee at 10 o'clock think debating like hey, i got my bitch done i might take a nap like i might call my employees up to come yeah. to like hey please you guys come yeah hey my garbage needs to be taken out can you come grab this yes. no there's a point though where my dad is like i i laugh because my dad takes it to another level that's completely unnecessary like he developed a, he built a sieve so he could take all of his backyard gravel and I filter know. out the dirt <laughs> of so it funny. so he could lay it down again. And then, uh. so he did all, a massive amount of work. And then he ripped all of that gravel <laughs> out and laid down grass. And I was just like, wow. why? So your dad. Why? <laughs> my, my wife is just like him. It's like they're like 110 miles an hour yeah. until they stop. And then they just yeah. <laughs> collapse. <laughs> So. Sometimes some people just need to like stay busy. Yeah, you know, uh, that, hands that's on her. the devil's playground. Yeah. Maybe they're just like, give me something to do. She's, I will say, she's, there's there's a lot I could learn from my dad, and yeah. I do need to do better in myself. 
Yeah, I'm not going to be filtering and sieving out my gravel, but there's but still there, things there's I There's a do. lot of things he would tell you, like, don't do it how I've done it. It's yeah. like, like we've said, like, he's an extremely hard worker and, and he's, I feel he's very successful. He's made a very good living for his family. He's yeah. like, he's very content where he is. He doesn't have to be the, the big rich businessman type personality at all. But I mean, he has, has, has done very well for himself, but it, sometimes you do just want to like, look at him and be like, man. Sometimes you make it really hard on yourself. <laughs> like you're not just good. Your body just can't keep up anymore. Mm-hmm. Like he's really starting to see that. It's just like eventually your body time. body breaks down. You can't escape time. Yeah. But my you're right. My dad has, it is one of the biggest benefits. And I made a joke about my dad teaching me how to sweep and it preparing me for the military. But overall that experience with my dad and being shown what true hard work is and that getting it done is a part of life um, whether it stinks, whether yeah, it's something that's yeah, just like, I hate this. Yeah. It's, you have to have those yeah. sometimes. I mean, even the jobs are just like, you know, you're not going to stick with this, but it's like, yeah. it's so much learning and something that you really dislike right. doing yeah. on how to, especially we'll go back to that family thing, but especially when it's just like, you, I don't have a choice right now. Yeah. Like, this yeah. is what I got to do, even yeah. though, though it's terrible, but yeah. it'll like, lead to better not things. Not doing it wasn't an option then. And yeah. being shown that like my dad was, yes, he was hard on me, but he didn't give me the option not to do it. When I started it, that was something that I had to do. And even in gymnastics, I was nine, I think, and I had a scary coach who yelled at me and did things, and I wanted to quit. But my parents didn't let me quit at that point because even though I hated it at that part because he was yelling at me and it was because I was scared, they knew that I loved what I did, and the only reason I was doing it because there was this one hard thing that made it difficult and scary at the time. And that lesson stayed with me, and he continued it on through – um, working with him and doing different construction and digging ditches and doing a bunch of other stuff, right? Once I was out there and he was doing it, we, he was there doing it with me, but he never let me quit and never mm-hmm. let me slack off. That's and, really important. And that prepared me for a lot later in life. Quit. Like I, I remember like it pushed me through going through boot camp. There was this kid. So in boot camp, you're normally the platoons are marching and they go from tallest to shortest. Now, I am five foot five, so you can guess who was at the very back of the line. It was me and another guy. And you're carrying these 40 to 60 pound packs on these rucks. And this other kid was literally falling out, like just was not making it. So I would get behind him and run him back to the platoon, right? And it's hard because in the back, there's a slinky effect. And all these steps in the beginning, they suddenly have these little, little stops and starts. And that adds up to where all of a sudden you're pushed way back and you have to sprint to catch up to it and you have to keep going because you can't fall out. If you fall too far back, they can drop you back to another another platoon. You can drop you back to another cohort. And uh, so I through this whole hike, and it was probably like 10 miles, carrying these ones, it's hot, through sand and all over this stuff, and he was falling out. And I just remembered like grabbing him from his pack, lifting his pack up and running him back forward to it over and over again. And there was never an option to quit. And it was just, the f- I didn't give it a second thought because that was drilled into me. He was giving up every single time. And we were not even a quarter mile from the end. Like you could literally see the, the other platoons setting down their packs and he passed out as I was pushing him and he just fell over. Right. And at that point, it was like there was nothing I could do, but he just gave up. I could see it in him. And 
it was never in my mind to mm-hmm. give up or it wasn't just a thought. It was like, it wasn't like I was tired, but that was because of the lessons that my dad did, whether it was hard or scary or anything like that. It was never in my mindset. And that carried on. And those things growing up are so important and they're physical examples, but the Mental. same as getting through the course and getting through or through the Microsoft course and doing through a job where I was completely unqualified but and had to learn an area that I never knew or anything like that. There was never an option not to. And like I said, there were these forcing functions, whether it was my dad um, that that instilled that mindset or originally just, you know, he was my forcing function and then instilling the mindset in me to do it or my family or something like that, right? But that mindset of that, I th- it was never in there that I could quit because of those things, yeah. right? So growing up that way is, is extremely important. And um, yeah. I do see that as a lot, right? When now now kids don't have to go work with their dads. They don't mm. have to do those things. There's a lot of other opportunities, and it's it's not quite the same. No, it's not. And that, me and my wife, some guys just think we're like slave drivers when we're kids. Poor Austin. He's the oldest boy. He <laughs> always gets it the hardest. Um, but it's like, uh, I'm not saying that we don't like let them play and things, but it's like, I don't care if we have to find something odd for them to do, get them doing something that they don't, ne- don't necessarily want to do like yard work. Like the other day, you know, I'm having to pick up jackhammered all this concrete out. And I told Austin it was Saturday morning and like, he could stay inside and watch movies all day. But I was like, no, come outside with me. You're going to help me. Yeah. And is he any help at 10 years old moving concrete? Not at all. It's actually (laughs) way more work on me. Slows it down. I'm sure my dad felt the same. (laughs) But so it's like you know, like you're telling him just to load up all these chunks of concrete into the wheelbarrow (laughs) and go dump it over there, and it's like he can't even get you know a quarter of a wheelbarrow full, and he can't push it. And so you're like, well, do less loads. Like just go less. But it's like I just feel like that is so important to teach your kids things like that to push through mm-hmm. when they don't want to do it. Like yeah. you know, he's pretty good about not complaining. But it's just like I, I don't care if you don't want to do it. Like yeah. believe me, ten years from now you will thank me yeah. for these moments because I was ex- my dad's the exact same way. Mm-hmm. Man, why am I doing this? Like, am I really even helping you? No, I wasn't helping him at all. Like I said, yeah. I was. I was. It was. <laughs> It was you more work that's for not him. The point. That's right. not the point. Yeah. And so now I could look back and I'm so thankful to my dad on instilling that in me because it, it is, it does instill that into you. Like there's no, you don't quit. There's no choice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just do it. Yeah. Things that you're, there was such a society of quitting gets hard quit. That's what I tell my son, even in sports, I will not let you quit a sport halfway through the season. Mm. If you mm. don't like that sport, that's fine. You don't have to do it next year, but you're not going to quit halfway through. You're going to finish mm. the season out. Like even in something mm. like a sport, I don't mm-hmm. care if you hate it, you're going. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. And you know, uh, from little bits, I hear your background. It's just, um, it, it's, as we know, we we're talking about this at Bible study the other night too the amount of men in the prison system that don't have fathers, mm. the problems mm. that that mm. causes without a father figure in a home is, is huge, is huge. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't realize it like as a dad, like what am I doing? All I'm doing is harping on my son, but it's like, <laughs> it's, it's huge. Yeah. And yeah. so uh, you just see this effect of their fathers were delinquent and being selfish and going out and doing whatever they want to do. And then, that leads to that son not having a father and him going along the same lines because he never had an example. And then that goes on and on and on and on to this weak society. Like, yeah. And they're breaking down the family culture of homes 
to not get married, that it's okay to do those things that just divorce them, just leave them. They're breaking down the family structure. Like, well, this is where we're really getting this way off topic. This is getting started again. <laughs> Part two right here. <laughs> They're breaking down the family structure of homes years ago, and this is what it's leading to now. Who's a weak society. Yeah. Start <laughs> I want to, let's get into this. You guys you can, can just put, leave and put tune in for on part whoever, two. Yeah. Whoever you want, but we yeah. are going to have to have a part two. It's the same <laughs> yeah. as Caitlin. And we're going down another road where, I mean, it all kind of ties together. It does. Yeah. All these things do. And even to Caitlin's, even Caitlin's masculinity thing. I mean, this is all kind of tied up to. Yeah. And that's why, like I said, part of the reason why we choose a subject is to give it a center, center focus um, because all these things are tied in together and you can tie them into the specific parts that are relatable to people's lives, even though they spread out in these wide ranging topics, you can tie it that is relatable to a lot of people in a specific way. And so it's nice to be able to discuss all of the aspects of it. And even though it is going over another topic that is tied into it, this is a different way. This isn't a different application than what we talked about with Caitlin, even though there's a lot that applies here when you frame it in the context of education and jobs and trades and hard work and all these things, right? It gives it a different view. You get a different, uh, different profile of it. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, it's been great. And I guess we do have to cut it off somewhere, but, uh, I mean, Hey, we Watch can keep this going. Be our longest yeah. one yet. It is. Oh, it's been an hour and 51 like, minutes oh, already. My goodness. Yeah. It just keeps going. Dude, you're <laughs> Sorry. Just, no, you're this just, has been so great. What am honestly, I going like, to say? This is, I don't have any I was like, maybe 15 here? minutes. Maybe. Well, it was you, Chase. You just kept going. And then I kept talking. He's a college always denominator. Chase. Always. See, always. He's ma- now Steven's finally understanding. He thought it was him. So it's here's, me. for just a little bit of background, um, I always end up staying in Mitchell's house and until like one in the morning. And I've tried telling Steven that, no, I'm the common denominator because every time it happens with other people, I'm always there. That's what he thinks, but once we stop that record button, I'm going to keep him here for like two hours afterward. But I'm still the common denominator. It's always Chase, though. (laughs) Yeah, I'm always there. (laughs) Just an interesting guy to talk to. He just converses well in conversation. Yeah, true. Yeah. I'm just a lingerer. (laughs) That, too. I try to give you the boot all the time, but it just doesn't get the hint. (laughs) <laughs> that's it. And that's yeah, exactly like, what we're doing right now to you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> this is Chase. No. This is what you got to do. No, it, it was such good conversation. And I think, I mean, now that you've done this, because your wife has done it twice now, would you come back if we asked you? Yeah. Did you have fun? Would you come back? You know, what's cool about it is like once you get past the podcast part of this, that like you're being recorded and all that, it is just like we're just having a conversation. We're just having a conversation. Yeah. yeah absolutely. So, and that's uh, the goal. Yeah. yeah. That's the goal so right yeah, I mean, if there's another <laughs> cool topic like this one was, at least yeah. cool to me. So. I think I think we know what topic the next one's going to be with them. What's that? Oh yeah, the toxic relationships. Oh. One. Yeah. Why do so many of our topics so far revolve around toxicity? Because it exists. <laughs> yeah. Should we? T- the, <laughs> I mean, what do you guys want to talk about? Should we talk about like? We're just renaming this uh, to the um, toxic Welcome podcast. To the toxic experience <laughs> podcast. Because <laughs> it, it exists. That's terrible branding. Yeah. <laughs> and you say the they. Who's they? And like, I shouldn't say they. Him. It's the him. It's oh. the oh. the one. The deceiver and all oh. of this. Oh, so. look at that. See, so he's blaming Joe the, the masculine. <laughs> Joe Biden. Nailed you it. and your wife, always into politics. Here we go. Bojack. Oh. Oh, no, 
No, it's been really great. I appreciate you coming on. I know it wasn't easy for you, but I knew you were excited to do it, and I'm glad it's you did. Did you have a good man. time? Yeah. 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 yeah, it was fun. All right, I saw, saw this equipment. I was like, wow, this is like the real deal. These guys are cool. Yeah. <laughs> so fancy in our little basement. Yeah. This is fun. mom's house. Next time, I'll get a fan in here. It's kind of hot. <laughs> it's it is toasty. hot. I probably look very glistening right now. Awesome. Oh, me too. I kept thinking that. I look like a true <laughs> No, but it's been great having you, um, and I look forward to the next time you're going to be on here. It's going to happen. It will. It yeah. will happen. We're going to have Soon. you on. Soon. Because so far, we still don't have anybody else on. I'm just going to start throwing out random invitations. I and asked I'm, Sarah, Neil, and Wes to come on. Did you really? I did. That would yeah. be so oh, cool. Oh, that'd yeah. be good. And yeah. as a business aspect of it, that they'd be great to talk yeah. to. Yeah. yeah. Successful business owners. I would love to have it on. Yeah, same. All right. Well. Are we having a sign-off today? No, no sign-off. No. This is it. All right. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> Thanks for stopping by. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Mitchell, for being a guest co-host. It Appreciate was, you. It was a pleasure. Yes, thank for you. Hanging out Gutter with King my, of Flagstaff. For hanging out with my brother-in-law, I guess it was okay. <laughs> That's better than what I normally get. I'll take it. Until next time, everyone. Mm-hmm.